Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Come on, cars. Come on, cars. Come back and beat this California. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Open time for a commercial, Scott. Open time for a commercial. I know you were hoping for a blowout of things that just picked up, baby. Business is about to pick up. Louisville down six, <laughs> down 18 uh, early on in this game. 18 to California, the Bears. But uh, this is Mark Madness, baby. <laughs> It just gets my blood pumping every single year, March Madness. Woo! Yesterday kicked off with a bang, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. I'm your host, Scott Atkins, King Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And Mike, Kentucky hey. got started off fast. Louisville slow, but... Raheem Buckles with eight points off the bench. It's now a six-point game. I'll tell you what. You, you know, you said uh, we'd like to start out slow, and uh, that's what you got, Scott. You got a slow-started game, and uh, next thing you know, California is kind of on their heels a little bit. Uh, you know, I've been watching the whole game, and, uh, you know, they, they were on their toes, and now they're on the heels. So uh, there's a lot of ball to be played, that's for sure. <clears throat> Mike, it really, uh, I, I tell you, you know, watching a game like that, it's never easy. Uh, obviously, never fun. Jumping up, uh, getting down, you know, like 22 to 4, I think was the score. 22 to 4. And Cal was shooting yeah. the lights out. Louisville looked uh, just pathetic, like in their losses to Marquette uh, in that second half. And then obviously to Cincinnati in that second half. That's what they look like. But I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for the push, and Sosa gets two quick fouls. He just picked up his third. And then Kyle Kirk, I've been waiting for him to step on the court. Where is this guy? He, he has a monumental game against Syracuse in Freedom Hall. And, Mike, 
Patino just says, nah, that was a one-time thing. Where is this guy? It's a what? Situations, man. It, you know, that's what it's all about. It's situations. Um, different players, uh, you know, fit in different situations. And uh, that's uh, that happened for Kirk, and, uh, you know, that's going to happen for a lot of players in the NFL uh, when we talk about it here a little bit later. Uh, situations, they, they fit. Well, we are talking about the uh, NCAA March Madness, the brackets. I'm going to be bouncing ten out of this show. Mike uh, will be holding us down uh, while, while I watch the game. But, uh, yeah, I'm on a commercial break right now just because I'm watching the Internet feed up here in They're Indianapolis. In we don't have the game here live, so I'm a little bit delayed on the Internet he feed. He clanked a rebound California. Don't press. Rebound California. Yeah. But uh, nine unanswered, down 18. Buckles has looked good. Jerry Smith, Sosa, Samuels getting involved inside. I mean, uh, I'm really excited. Mike, there's a lot of football to talk about. I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and get you kicked off with a couple of topics here as I bounce in and out. You know, Crumper signed with the Pats. Uh, we yep. will definitely be talking about that. I've got a player review that I want to talk about because all you guys in these dynasty leagues, you want to know about the running backs, the wide receivers. We talked to Des Bryant a couple weeks ago. Tonight I'm going to talk about Ryan Matthews. So just so you know exactly who Ryan Matthews is, you've probably seen the YouTube videos. You know who he is. You've probably watched a little bit of college football. But we're going to talk about Ryan Matthews because the rumors and the rumblings are that uh, San Diego is interested in the Fresno State Junior, uh, Ryan Matthews. So we will talk about him a little bit, Mike. And then then if you want to jump in with Derek Anderson in Arizona, Larry Johnson with the Redskins, Mike Bell going to Philly, will he or won't the – the Saints uh, pick up that option. Charlie Warrior versus Seattle. We've got a lot of topics here, so I'm going to bounce out for a minute and let you run the show, and then I'm going to watch this Cardinal game. All right, sounds good, Scott. Uh, first off, I'd like to, uh, you know, because uh, Scott's going to check out the Cardinal game. Uh, it's uh, 34-28, and Lowell's got the ball with uh, about a minute 40 to go. Uh, I just want to touch on a couple of topics in uh, fantasy football. Uh, first off, uh, I mean, it's kind of a silly season. I call it a silly season. Uh, when you talk about uh, who's, you know, who's going to start where and and how they're going to start. Uh, Derek Anderson, he's an old guy, a young guy in a different situation. Where is he going to go? What's, what's going to happen? Jake DeLome, an old guy in a different situation. And, uh, you know, obviously Mike Holmworm, he – you know, he got rid of uh, Derek Anderson. He got rid of uh, Brady Quinn. And he said, I want somebody. And, well, he's got his guy. He's got his guy in, uh, in Jake DeLome. Uh, so does uh, does Cleveland Browns, do they draft a quarterback right out of the gate? And which one will it be? I mean, you know, you've got a couple of them out there, but there's not that many to choose from. So that makes it kind of, uh, makes it kind of dicey. Uh, another topic I want to uh, touch on is uh, I'm in a few dynasty leagues, and it seems like that uh, every year there's a rule discussion or a rule that you need to vote on this or that, and it really hadn't become become that much of a you know problem to me or to anybody else. But uh, for this year, the, and 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 Two leagues that I'm in, we've had five different rule discussions, five different rule decisions that needed to be made. Now, 
I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, or I'm not trying to, you know, do something that's going to be something different. But five different things that you need to vote on and rule on in one, in the course of a, uh, in the off season is a little much in my opinion. And I, I about had enough of it, <laughs> to be honest. And I, I just, uh, I want to hear your takes uh, on the chat room. Uh, you know, if if you guys are in uh, dynasty leagues, on how many different votes you have, because I think change is good. Don't get me wrong. I think change is really good. But on the other side of it, you need to uh, you need to understand that uh, you can't you can't just totally uh, wipe away a bunch of rules and things like that. So, and uh, but other than that, uh, that's about. That's about what I'm going to talk about, and uh, I also want to talk about uh, LT LT to the New York Jets. We talked about this, and we thought that that might happen, and uh, the Jets. Big big brother is listening, uh, but you know that was a uh, that's a perfect move. That's a perfect move for the Jets to. Uh, to get LT, and uh, if you're a fantasy owner of LT, don't give up hope, man. Don't give up hope because the guy is alive and he, he is ready to make an impact because Sean Green, let's face it, he can't carry the ball 30 times. I don't know how much uh, Leon Washington is going to have in him, but uh, Sean Green, he can't carry it 30 times. So uh, that that makes Leon or that makes uh, LT a perfect perfect viable option for the uh, New York Jets. And I'm done. And I'm wore out. But anyway, uh, Louisville is uh, down eight and uh, with four seconds, three seconds in the first half. But the next uh, thing... You just, the, you, you, just, you just killed my momentum. I, I told you I was going to take delay. I was waiting for this shot. I got 18 seconds left. I'm hoping for a good shot, but you just said they uh, they, they missed this shot here, so they're going to go into halftime down eight, huh? Yeah. Man. The three well, seconds to go. I'll take it. He hit it. He hit the freaking three. Oh, my God. <laughs> he hit the freaking three. Mike, I'm going oh, to have to sit it down. I'm going to have to sit that's it down. On the, that's on the radio. I'm sorry. All right, so they're going into the halftime down eleven, huh? Watch this. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm four seconds. Uh, they got four seconds, so they, he comes down, hits a three with three point seven seconds left, and they're they're looking good, man. Uh, I tell you, they're going to be a top team to beat here. Not they're not going to be easy. Louisville did get it down to six, and then uh, my Cardinals have, have let them come back and apparently push this lead back to eleven. So you know, I, I'm happy. The cards with a little bit of life, though. I, I, I couldn't believe they were going to have a tournament game where they just got rabbit. Oh my gosh, that's a pro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tell me. Wow. Those guys are on fire, man. That's a shot right there. That's a good buy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, anyway, Scott, uh, but, but anyway, uh, what I was talking about is, uh, you know, there's a lot of pre agent activity uh, that's going to happen. Uh, sure. And Old quarterbacks, you know, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with, uh, quote, old quarterbacks, uh, your DeLomes, your uh, Anderson, which isn't old, but 
you know, where do these guys stand in the, in the fantasy football realm? And, uh, you know, I mean, where do they go? Do they have a home? Uh, you know, I'm just I, I want to touch on, first of all, I mean, I, I, I heard what you had to say a little bit there on the hyper leagues and, and uh, Hyper is one of my favorite leagues. We've, I have a league title there. You have a league title there in back-to-back years in Hyper Ranker 3. A lot of experienced fantasy players are in those leagues. Uh, they're 24-man leagues ran by Ryan McDowell, so uh, very well run, top-notch league. And, you know, every year rules discussions come up in the offseason, and that keeps the league healthy, I think, in my opinion. But I, I hear what you're saying. There comes a certain point that, Man, you know who? You know the, the, something about the league we all got, we we all jumped in on because we liked the rules. That's what we got into the league. Now, if you allow the consensus to kind of modify the rules, okay, that's one thing. But you know, just it just seems very arbitrary about the rule discussions. How many rule uh, rules come up for debate every year? And I don't know. It just kind of it's kind of hard to keep up with. If you know what I mean, you, we're playing so many leagues right. and you get used to playing in the league, and then. These things sort of change the dynamic. I mean, there was a vote just a few days ago that said, should we go from three divisions to one division? Whoa, right. that's a radical right. change. I mean, I don't know of anybody that, that really wants to play in a league like that. Now, granted, if, if the consensus said we're doing it, well, where does that leave everybody else? I guess that leaves all the no votes just unhappy about things. And I don't know if, I don't know if that is really all that healthy for the league. So it's something to think about. It. And, you know, hey, we're, we're all participants in the league. We pay our dues. And then you pay your dues, and then get the rules changed. That's kind of a little backwards. I agree with what you're saying, Mike. I know what you're what you're saying there, and maybe right. rules discussions should happen before the entry fees are paid. And I'm sure I'm sure Ryan, if there was ever a situation, he'd be happy to honor a a refund. And I haven't seen a rule that I I would be dissatisfied with to the point of I would want a refund. But it does get wear on me a little bit. Oh, here's another rule decision in the offseason. Another rule coming up, just on kind well, of a whim. You know, the rules that really make sense for the league maybe aren't being looked at, but and then we're sitting around playing with all these little gimmicks, you know? Nobody, we don't need the gimmicks. Give us the real real thing that can really shake the league up a little bit and make it worthwhile. And then, you know, I just think I'm, I'm not a big fan of the gimmicks either. Well, luckily, the, uh, the one thing about uh, all the hyperactive leagues, uh, of course, uh, Ryan, uh, he's got four of them now, and I'm in hyper two and three, and I'm very lucky uh, – for the fact that uh, there's never been any controversy whatsoever, Ryan does a wonderful job. He, yep, you know, you're absolutely. absolutely right, Scott. He does it. He does a great job. I love interacting with all the owners. Uh, whenever there's a new owner that's proposed to step in for whatever reason, you know, it, it's brought up to a vote and it, everything's done well. But for whatever reason. In the last uh, couple months, there's been a rule discussion after rule discussion after rule discussion, and I think that, in my opinion, that needs to be put to, to put to bed. And uh, you know, I I just kind of put a post uh, on uh, both Hyper Two and Three that said, you know, hey, you know, enough is enough, guys. So, well, I like I said, it is kind of nice to hear uh, about both leagues and. And I think local leagues, uh, you know, are, are fun to be discussed because everybody goes through something similar where, you know, the, you, you can relate. You can relate to what we're talking about and, and, and rule changes uh, that come up. But uh, <clears throat> good league, we, we, we really enjoy them, and the rule discussions just, just kind of get old a little bit. Uh, let's talk about um, Algie Crumpler with the New England Patriots. Mike is an older, kind of a washed-up tight end, but in the same sense, 
you pair him with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL history, that could be a, a, a big target for, uh, especially a, a red zone target. And tight ends, unless you're in a unless you're in a reception heavy league, uh, touchdowns are key and pivotal to tight ends. So I, I can kind of see I can kind of see Crumpler putting up some fantasy points again. No, I, well, see, I told you Watson's gone. Watson and Welker gone. So, I mean, two of his favorite targets are gone. Well, I mean, New England go is on the way down. Let's face it. New England is on the way down. They're going to have to retool and get something. Uh, they're getting Algie Crumpler, who, I mean, let's face it, he can barely get to the ten yard line before the the linebacker is just on it. So I mean, yeah, well, we saw him in Atlanta. Well, I mean, uh, what last year? That was that last year. So I mean, I don't. And we saw him in Tennessee a little bit, uh, or Atlanta a couple of years ago. Tennessee last last couple of years, and you know, not really, no no real passing offense there in Tennessee to really advance, take advantage of. This is New England, and it is Bill Belichick, and. You know, a guy like Brandon Tate might come on the scene this year and really surprise you. A guy like Edelman came on the scene, a no-name. So you can't be you can't be shorting the papers just yet, Mike. I know you're ready to put them in the grave, but because you are a Cowboys hey, fan, you're just desperate. You're just desperate for a playoff win. I know. I mean, what you got one, you know, last year in the last ten years. I mean, that's your first playoff hey, win. Hey, like it, it, you know, but, it was ahead. less than it was less than nine months ago. We were sitting at a table at the NFFC draft. And we drafted a guy called Julian Edelman. Hmm. They had to write him in, remember? We did. Nobody knew who he was. They kind of laughed at us. They said, who? Who? Because we had we had heard that Wes Welker was hurt at the beginning of the year in, uh, in uh, yeah. training camp. <laughs> and there were good things. And because we played Dynasty Leagues, Mike, here's the case for Dynasty League for all you redrafters. The reason why we were able to snag on Eagleman was because we're paying attention to the dynasty yep. leagues and the dynasty news and saying, hey, you know what? If the Eagleman kid is getting a lot of attention, a kind of a Wes Welker clone and, you know, a converted quarterback, I believe, all, all athlete type player. And, you know, that's the kind of kids you're looking for. Now, Mike, another move I wanted to talk about, again, you, you hit on the uh, Ladanian Tomlinson to – uh, the New York Jets, and 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 I just I just can't get over that move. That's just so big. Oh, here we go. Goodness gracious! What a freaking move! <laughs> I can tell you can't get over it. Start spreading the news. Healthy baby, even today. Well, uh, I, listen, he's not the same LT. Sean Green is the back there. LT's going to get a lot of carries, but look, you've got a three-headed monster. Leon will get his touches, too, a la Darren Sproles in San Diego. And with Sean Green, LT, Leon, and that offensive line, it is more ground and pound for Rex Ryan. You can't fault this pick. You can't fault the decision by LT or no. Rex Ryan and Tannenbaum, Mike Tannenbaum, to make this deal happen. He turned down more money than he could have made in Minnesota because he wanted to make a bigger impact, and he said it, we've got it. This team has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I believe you, Mike. That offensive line, with that improving defense, bringing in Cromartie uh, to just add to that team, Mike, this team is really making things go in the right direction. Big welcome change from what the Jets fans are used to. Well, of you're a Cowboy well, fan, so you know all about it. It all boils down to you build from within. The offensive line, 
It's solidified. I mean, it is good. The defensive line is good. So now, what do you got? Well, you had Thomas Jones. Well, Thomas Jones is going to teach uh, Sean Green. Sean Green is learning. Mark Sanchez, he's learning, learning. The the whole, everything, you know, it's just kind of building within. But the the main thing, though, Scott, they have an offensive line that is a beast, and uh, Rex Ryan, he knows that. He knows that. And so why not? Why not? Bring on LT. Bring on LT to, you know, build some leadership among that team uh, that they may may not have had and, you know, just may carry forward. I mean, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful signing. Well, the Jets are doing a lot of things. And, and you, like you said, they're learning. Sanchez is making some uh, real strides late in the season there and making – what looked to be an interception-prone quarterback and when making bad decisions turn into really good decisions, ball control, smart offense, yeah. you know, not try to win the games, but let the, let the ground game take care of it and, and just support the ground game. But I'm going to give you a little tip here, Mike. For all your dynasty leads, go ahead and write this name down. He is a New York Jet, and he's, and he's not talked about a New York Jet, but I'm here to tell you that this kid from Purdue is going to make a big impact in the world of tight ends oh. in fantasy football. And that's Dustin Keller, Mike. Dustin Keller showed me a lot. Uh-huh. Oh, no doubt. Mark Sanchez, late in the year, every playoff game, he was hooking yeah. up the touchdowns, making big plays against good defenses. Mike, these defenses are not easy to be scored on. And Sanchez to Keller was a recurring theme we saw okay. in three all right. straight all right. games all right. for the Jets. Well, I would, I would really like to the buy feet. low. Well, I, I totally agree with you, Scott, and I would really like to see, and I could pull it up right now, uh, Dustin Keller versus Jason Witten last year, how many total fantasy points they had. It would surprise you. It wow. would be very close because Dustin well, Keller was he was that close. He had enough touchdowns uh, at the tail end of the year, and he was Sanchez's go-to guy. Um, when you're talking the Jets, you're talking about a – you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're you're starting to talk about a multifaceted offense that has a lot of options, and Dustin Keller is one of them. Yeah, Dustin Keller, I'm telling you guys, he is a guy that you know has has uh, shown a lot of improvement just in in last year with a quarterback connection. It takes a while, and you haven't had a quarterback to really connect with, so don't let that sell you short on Dustin Keller, his ability and athletic. Uh, athletic ability is going to take him very far in the National Football League, and he's a guy that you can come in, throw a little flyer at a, of a wide receiver like an Edelman or something like that or whatever, you know, just somebody that you kind of pick in there like a Montaquire or something. Go ahead and send him to somebody for Dustin Keller. You will not regret having a stud tight end for years to come. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, definitely a running, it's, it's definitely a running offense, but it's going to be supported by the pass and really, one of the best weapons they have in the passing game is Dustin Keller. So just keep well, that one, in mind one, if, you're, if you're hurting. Yeah, I totally agree, Scott. And one thing, I love to disagree with you, and I really do. Uh, I mean, one of my passions is to say, <laughs> no, you're wrong, or no, you're yeah. wrong on this, you're wrong on that. But <laughs> no, no, you're you're dead on on that one because they're going to build around the run and then. What's the first option after the run? It's a tight end. And then, boom, you got Keller. So, uh, I, you know, I totally agree with you on that. 
Well, let me, let me just give you an example. Uh, one of the rankings over at DynastyGuys.com has Dustin Keller chiming in at the uh, 17th best item for a Dynasty prospect behind the names of Brandon Pettigrew, behind the names of John Carlson. You're going to tell me that the tight end situation in or the quarterback situation in Seattle is better than what it is in New York? Come on. You've got Heath Miller, Owen Daniels, Brent Selleck, Chris Cooley, Kellen Winslow. Okay, you know, there are, I tell you, the tight ends are a deep class, but I think, my opinion, you're going to be able to say Dustin Keller with the likes of Vernon Davis, Chris Cooley. As the offense evolves, you're going to see Dustin Keller become a legitimate top ten tight end. Vernon Davis had an all-star year last year. Bad comparison, he could be a top three, top one tight end. But we haven't, we've only seen it for one year, Mike. We don't know if that's going to continue. I think yeah. it is, but, you know, you don't want to – he's a guy that you can't well, just trade for right now. You'd have to give up way too much to get a Vernon Davis. But A lot of the tight end – well, no, Scott, a lot of tight ends you rattled off, they're pretty good. I mean, uh, I mean they're really good. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know if I would put uh, any one of those tight ends ahead of uh, Dustin uh, Keller – especially in a, a dynasty format. You know, right. I, that's what I'm thinking about is the dynasty format. A lot of those, there's no way. There is no way. This kid is going to be around for a long time, and it's going to make an impact for a long time. I mean, he, he reminds me of, uh, you know, just uh, maybe a Romo to Witten for a long time. Of course, that's kind of wore off. But, uh, you know, Sanchez to uh, Dustin Keller, are you kidding me? That, that, yeah. That's going to be there for a long time. It'll be there, yeah. And I, and I saw, like, Tony Gonzalez ranked ahead of him. I'm like, yeah, you might get one great year out of Tony, but come on, Keller's capable of doing a, a, having a great year, too, and, and you'll have him for the next seven, eight years. So it's very hard for me to put him in front of him. Listen, I want to talk. There's lots of other movement going on just besides LT uh, and Sean Green kind of in that backfield for New York. Um, we had Larry Johnson move to the Redskins this week, Mike. This is a back who had 400 carries. Uh, just completely wore down in, in, in Kansas City, comes to Cincinnati, has a little bit of a resurgence of life, and now comes to the Redskins um, with new life, uh, apparently. And, yep. you know, you've got a new coaching staff in place. You're talking about Jim Zorn gone, and, and you've got a Clinton Portis a little bit dinged up. Michael Larry, they're talking about Larry Johnson maybe getting into the fold, and I could see him going back to 200 carries, not 400, but – 200 carries well, and being a, a, a legitimate uh, back in a Washington offense. He's not going to put up big numbers in Washington because Washington's not ready for that. But he could be a full-time starter putting up 20 carries uh, for 85 yards and, and maybe sneak in for six touchdowns in a year. I don't know. Larry Johnson to Washington, what's your take? Okay. Well, first off, uh, sneak in for six touchdowns. Uh, did, did Washington score six touchdowns last year? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Uh, Washington has a lot of problems. Shanahan's gonna—he's gonna try to fix them. Uh, as far as being a, a fantasy owner, Larry Johnson to have him—I don't think it's a good fit. I, I just don't—I I don't think it's a good fit. Uh, Clinton Portis may go down, but I still, to this day, do not think it's a good fit until they get their offensive line fixed. Their offensive line—it's in shambles. Um, they're going to go with Campbell, I guess, at quarterback. And, uh, you know, uh, there is no cohesiveness there, Scott. And, you know, 
it, it, it bothers me because it's a bad, thing yeah, when, bad situation. It, yeah, it, it is. It's a bad situation. It's one thing when uh, Larry Johnson can uh, step in for Cedric Benson behind the line in Cincinnati, which they have developed quite a line, uh, but it's another thing to uh, step in behind the line in Washington. Well, and just to answer your question, Mike, uh, Washington did have six rushing touchdowns. Thank you very much. That's exactly oh, the number did? they had. Quentin Gaffer with three, <laughs> Lizelle Bass with two, and Clinton Portis with the big whopping <laughs> one touchdown and 124 carries. So now Quentin Gaffer, three touchdowns and 60 carries. So go figure, you know. Those guys are gone. Well, in comes, in comes uh, Clinton Portis' uh, apparent, heir apparent here, Larry Johnson. So I don't know. I like that little T.J. Hill kid, too. I remember him being a nice little back. Back in the day in college, I think for Wisconsin, uh, he was yeah. a rookie last year. Didn't get a lot of looks. He was very heavy set, 230, 5'11", uh, 235 pounds. Didn't get much love and not a lot of speed there. But he could, you could see him kind of sneak in as well. Um, but, but uh, you know, Larry Johnson, you'll probably get some offers from Larry Johnson owners now. Mike, I want to jump into the Ryan Matthews. I'm getting, I'm getting texts about Ryan Matthews. Everybody wanted to hear about that. Cool nerds in the chat room talked about the um, – he said he's the next Houston Texans running back. I'm hearing rumors and grumblings to San Diego that San Diego does have interest. So let me just break down the profile. And you tell me, knowing nothing else besides this, Mike, I don't know if you know of the background, but I'm going to tell you just a little bit about Ryan Matthews, and you come okay. back and tell me what you think of this information. Uh, Ryan Matthews, coming out of uh, college as a junior, uh, declaring for the draft from Fresno State, six foot, 218, prototypical. He ran a 4440 at the combine. Uh, he's got he's got he's got decent speed, but I tell you, he looks. They say he looks a little thin in the legs, all in the calves, all like a Darren McFadden. So that's a little scary there. Not a not a big under, you know, uh, his upper body is well built, but not not uh, below the waist there. Kind of got McFadden legs, so that's a little scary. But this kid is no slouch now. 276 carries last year, 1,200 yards, and 19 touchdowns for Fresno State. Uh, he had. He had a two. He had two, Mike. The most most packs dream of 200 yards in a in a lifetime. He had two two games of 234 yards, Mike. One of those games was against a very tough Boise State team, uh, and that's a big that's a big game there. He led the NCAA um, with uh, seven runs of 50 yards or more last year. That's a, you know, so, you, so I'm just giving you some information. So he's explosive. He's, he's explosive. He he's got he's got real skills. I mean, this kid is explosive. Yep, seven straight 100 yard game stretch of last year, and then in the he he has a little bit of a case of injuries. He uh, he's had a, a couple of uh, he's had a couple of concussions. He missed a game uh, last year and right before the New Mexico Bowl. He took on Illinois. It was a high-scoring game, Mike. Uh, Fresno won 53-52 behind 32 carries, 173 yards, and three touchdowns from Ryan Matthews. In his career, Mike, he rushed for over 3,200 yards and 39 touchdowns. Kind of sounds like a Kevin wow. Smith. Doesn't really catch the ball well. Yeah. He's a tall back. He's a tall back at six foot with not a lot of leg strength, Mike. But Ryan Matthews apparently is the talk as the number two running back. Uh, in this year's draft, uh, behind C.J. Spiller, there's a lot of C.J. Spiller love, and then it then it goes right down to Ryan Matthews. So wow, hearing that, that, hearing all this news, do you, you take Ryan Matthews at three? 
I, you know, I, I hate to use the word upside, but you're, uh, you're selling him. You're selling him hard, Scott. Uh, but I, you know, I can't buy him right now. I mean, he's got a lot of options, but uh, it seems like that most NFL teams they want somebody that can come out of the backfield that can catch the ball, and uh, you know that RAC run after catch. You know, if you can get ten yards out of that, then you're good. And I don't know if he can do that. Well. Uh, I just wanted to give you some information. I, I, I'll tell you, they, they're a little worried about the injuries. Maybe he's a little bit injury-prone. Obviously, if, you know, once, okay, injury twice, okay. Third time you've gotten hurt in your third year here. Uh, last year was his first season over 200 carries, and he, didn't, he made the most of it. I mean, 270 carries, that's really carrying the load, and you're the nation's leading rusher at that point. And, you know, I, there's, a, there's a lot of good things about Ryan Matthews, but, again, we don't normally see tall backs do very well. Uh, again, Kevin Smith kind of has that upright running style. And what happened to him? Injuries. You know, and they're yeah. usually very bad injuries. You know, that's usually the – that style is not conducive. You need to be low to the ground, pushing through the holes, pushing piles, hard to tackle. You're a tall guy. You get hit. You get plastered by these guys in the NFL. And I'm not so sure, especially this guy doesn't have any receptions. We play in PPR league, Mike, so you know you've got to have you've got to have receptions, and he only had like six in his career or something like that. So I'm not so sure uh, Ryan Matthews. You know what? I might, I might be a Javid Best or something, or maybe a Dwyer or something ends up in a better situation. I'm not I'm not real sure what I'd do at three or four right now. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what everybody does uh, and what everybody's thinking about these. Uh, you know, in the in these rookie drafts, uh, as far as dynasty leagues go, because uh, you know there's there's going to be some sleepers out there, but right now I think it's weak. I, I really think it's weak, and uh, you know I, is, who's going to draft Tebow? I mean, why would you draft Tebow? Uh, you know that, that's a that's a no brainer. You don't draft him, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be very tough. Well, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and bounce back out here. My game is on. The Louisville Cardinals are down right now, yep. 43 to 30, 13 points against this tough count, tough shooting team. I'm going to bow out for a little bit and then let right. you pick it up. We've still got Mike Bell of Philly uh, leaving, Derek Anderson to Arizona. There's talk about Henny and Pennington this year. If you're a Dolphin fan, I mean, do you really want to have this discussion again this year? So, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and let, it, let you let, hand it off to you, and I'm going to enjoy a little bit more of this Cardinal game. All right, sounds good, Scott. Uh, the one thing that uh, Scott was talking about was uh, Chad Henney and uh, and the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough uh, quarterbacking situation uh, with with Miami. Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, Chad Henney. He's going to be the one that you're going to have to uh, you have to rely on. But uh, you got to realize that uh, Chad Henney he produced. He produced last year when he was given the opportunity, given the chance. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he he did what he did, and, and you know, he got it done for uh, for Miami. Oh, he got hurt. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm watching uh, basketball at the same time. And but uh, there's there's a lot of things that are going to happen with uh, with Miami. Uh, I don't, you know, if you have any anybody in Miami that you own, uh, it might be a time to kind of keep them. You know, it's kind of one of those uh, do I, uh, keep them or lose them type situations. And, uh, you know, in Miami, you got to keep, uh, in my opinion, you got to keep Chad Henney. 
if I want to look at the uh, like my favorite team, uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, there's very few players on that team that you want to keep. Very few players that you want to keep. Uh, you know, Tony Romo. I mean, what what kind of numbers is he going to put up? Uh, probably won't be that much. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's something that, that you got to look up in that end. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm I'm looking at the, the basketball and I'm I'm kind of mesmerized and uh, I I like to hear what you guys think about uh, college basketball as well. Uh, you know, this is March Madness. This is a crazy time and. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of teams are getting bounced out. Uh, I'm talking about the Big East yesterday, and uh, what's been happening uh, today. Uh, you know, a close game with Louisville and Syria, or Louisville and uh, California. You know, just different games that are happening, and uh, so uh, anything to hit up, hit us up on the message board, and uh, what's a What's a one-four worth in uh, fantasy football? In dynasty football, what's a one-four worth? What can you get out of that pick? You know, that's something that I've been uh, that's something I've been thinking about. Uh, is it a good running back? Uh, is it a number one running back? Um, Scott posted something on Dynasty Guys the other day that was, uh, you know, it was really good. Talked about uh, is the one-one pick that good? Or is it worth trading? You know, I mean, that, that is something you need to think about. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do with it. Uh, you know, I've got a 1-4, and, uh, you know, I don't know what, what to do with the pick. Uh, you know, I kind of want to trade it and kind of keep moving it. And, but, uh, you know, you, you just have to uh, set and uh, you got to stand pat because I, I made a quick I made a quick trade last weekend that I probably shouldn't have made. And, uh, you know, we all do those things. But uh, the best thing to do is if you have a pick and or if you have a one, I'd say a one, three, one, four, one, five right now, this year, considering this draft, if you have a one, three, one, four, one, five, stand pat, post it, put it out for an offer. Say, hey, look, the one, three is up. The one four is up. The one four, the the one five is up, and then see what kind of uh, response you get, and then go from there. Uh, but be patient. Be patient. And uh, that was uh, that was my one uh, that was my one thought in my trade that I made was I wasn't patient enough. But uh, you have to be patient when you're making those deals. But uh, anyway, it's. Uh, you know, we got uh looks like Louisville is uh still down about twelve and Scott, you wanna chime in? I would say that's a no. That's all right, we're still rolling. Uh Kentucky plays tomorrow at uh eight fifteen. And that's the deal. And that's a good buy. Uh <laughs> Kentucky's playing tomorrow at 8.15, and uh, hope you guys' brackets are uh, treating yourself well And because it, it's not doing me too good at all. But uh, that's part of March Madness, part of March Madness, and uh, that's, that's, that's what we're in here for. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of love – everybody loves the kind of 
not the gambling deal, but the kind of rush of the deal. And speaking of which, um, what is the difference between gambling on something and not gambling on something? Uh, you know, when I when I watch these games, you know, I used to gamble a lot on these games, and uh, you know, I I think now that why should you gamble on something then when you have passion and pride about something? So uh, you know, it, it's just. Uh, What's the difference between gambling and not gambling on a game? So, but uh, I, you know, Scott, I, I about run out of it, and uh, you don't have to help me out. Mike, are you killing me, man? Come on, you're killing me. What have you been doing all day? You had a day off, and I don't know. Are you, are you just falling asleep over there? We got all this news going on. Listen, Mike Bell, Philly, uh, the Bears are taking offers for Olsen. Brady Quinn with the Broncos. Brady Quinn and the that, Broncos? I mean, you can't, you can't talk about Brady Quinn and the Broncos? I mean, here you are. The Cleveland fans finally get their answer. They get good at both their quarterbacks. Anderson's gone. Uh, we've got competition with Leonard now in Arizona. And now Brady Quinn's going to, uh, I don't know, who's the uh, Orton? Kyle Orton now. You know, you've got two quarterbacks here that are mired in mediocrity and one who hasn't even reached mediocrity yet. If you're a Bronco fan, do you want Brady Quinn or Kyle Orton? I'll give it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why he is who he is, because I cannot carry that on with the enthusiasm, the intensity, the fear, the fervor that he did. Thank you, Scott. If I had a cards chant here, I'd be doing that, man. I can't stand Louisville being down 11 points and talking to you about football. It's just... It just, it just gives, it makes my blood boil right now. Um, I'm sitting here talking about Derek <laughs> Anderson. And I just want to talk about basketball. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Scott. They're down 13. They send these guys to the line every time. It's like every time they go down the court, Scott, I'm on, in the foul. Scott, I have botched this show because all I can think about is basketball. And I'll be straight up honest with you and all the listeners out there. Everybody in the chat room, I have botched this show, me and Calvin Burrell. I got my bobblehead, Calvin Burrell. He said, you screwed this one up because I can only think about basketball right now. I'm sorry. I don't blame you. I guess Kentucky, a number one seed. A lot of people have them in their brackets. I saw that on the uh, Red versus Blue Challenge, the bracket challenge that we put together. And, and there's here are these Kentucky fans and these uh, these uh, wannabe Kansas fans, and then you got the Syracuse fans that are chiming in, and they're happy about their squad. And, and I'm seeing all these all these different types of teams coming in, trying to think, uh, say that their team is good enough to win it all. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know. After after yesterday, my anything is possible in this thing. Yeah. Here, here I am setting my bracket like many of you at home, and I'm filling out, and I got, okay, I can start to count my upsets. One, two, three, seven, eight. Now, oh, I have too many upsets. There's only like six or seven every year. i got to trim this back. So I start changing a couple of them. And then here we have yesterday, and there's like ten upsets in the first <laughs> round. I don't, or they yeah. said eight. Was, was the record eight? Uh, they said eight yesterday? I don't well, know, man. Well, well, the one thing about it is, you know, uh, it's like Rachel told me, uh, don't, don't get too excited about it because most everybody took the same ones anyway. It all matters about the Sweet 16, the final, or the Elite Eight and the Final Four. If you've got those teams available, you're in good shape. 
Well, I, I do. I've got, uh, of course, I had Georgetown out a couple rounds. I had Marquette out a couple rounds. Big East has really let me down. Uh, well, 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 okay. Well, well, if you want to com- if you want to compare brackets, Scott, who had Marquette winning? Most everybody. Who had Marquette they... losing? Yeah, yeah. Well, Pac-10 hasn't shown anything, think? and here Washington comes out with a good game. And you know, Marquette never had the size, but I tell you, the way they move that ball and shoot the three, and the coaching, the intensity that they had in the Big East, I really thought Marquette had a run in them. Now it looks like. Steve Alford, maybe, with New Mexico, kind of will have an easier walk, and then maybe something goes on in that West Virginia-Missouri game. The way that the way the Big East has looked, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Big 12, you know, take down West Virginia, and then Steve Alford might be looking at a possible Elite Eight matchup against your I Wildcats. Know. I know. I know. I know. It, it, That's it might crazy. Get, I'm telling you, here's the only thing that frustrates me. You, you know, I knew, I knew for a fact there was no way that Kentucky was going to face what it looked like was in front of them with the possibility of Texas, the possibility of Temple or Wisconsin in there. Now Temple's gone. They're going to have to face Wisconsin. And, you know, we can only play that West Virginia makes it because probably not. What will happen is Washington will make it, and Kentucky will have a cakewalk city, baby, to the Final Four, like Dick Vitale would say. I know he took Kentucky in the final game yeah, uh, against, yeah, he, he against took, Kansas. Big Vitale, he took Kentucky to win it all against Kansas. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, it shapes up pretty good. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Kansas, in my opinion, they have the, definitely the toughest bracket. There's no question about it. I mean, when, when you look at everybody that was in that uh, uh, bracket, but then again, now you look back and you're thinking, okay, well, was the Big East that good? Because the the one thing on my drive home last night, when I heard that the Big East, they lost three games, the first thing I thought to myself was, I do not want to hear anybody say they beat them up all year long. It's been a tough year. So I get downstairs, I put on ESPN, and what's the first thing out of Digger Felt's mouth? Well, the Big Oh, I was emotionally drains you. You don't yeah. have, you know, you don't have Bingo. the passion and heart left because you wear yourself out in the regular season, and then you have the tournament. I completely agree with him. I, I completely understand where he's coming from. I see this Notre Dame team, Mike, that had beat Villanova, had beat Marquette, had beat um, uh, Georgetown and, and UConn. And they're playing great basketball at the end of the year. They get all the way right. to the final game, uh, you know, to the semifinals of the Big East, and then they just don't have anything left. Aaron Gody looks terrible. They're just off. And then, man, that team just really took it to uh, took it to the, to the Irish. And, and then you saw it repeatedly. Now, I don't know what to make of it. I know there's one guy, Mike, in our Red versus Blue Challenge. There's one guy that took Georgetown to win it all. And well, oh. <laughs> they're out in the first round. And then Neil Atkins takes Louisville to win it all, and after tonight, I wonder what he's thinking. I mean, you've got one, two, three, four, four people taking Kentucky in this bracket. Obviously, Mike, Kansas is the, is the sentimental favorite here. There's nine teams that took Kansas. One team was brave enough to take West Virginia. One team yeah, took Duke. And three teams took Syracuse, Mike. So that looks like your competition right there. Yep. And uh... – you know, it's it's funny, but you know, it you can play armchair quarterback all you want. I mean, like right now. No, no, no. Oh my God! They're just burying no. threes in our face, left and right. It's back. I know to it. I know it, Scott. Oh. I'm watching. 
and I'm yep. sitting here talking to you. This could not be any worse. I tell you, I feel like Johnny Renshaw right now. Well, that's all right, because you guys pulled in 10. You guys pulled in 10, okay? Hey, hey, listen. I'm it for me. I told you, your feed is about a minute ahead of mine. I'm on the Internet watching this game. Just quit, man. I'm going to have to disconnect you or something, man. Come on. What are you doing? I'm here here and running the show, and you got to kill the game for me? I'm not going to put up with it. Come on, Mike. Come on. You already got your your win. Yeah, I know, but I'm just kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Louisville because the, no, you're not. For the no, fact you're not. That, not at all. Not at no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Are garbage, man. You always have been garbage. You're skeedy. Well, the only you're, you're I'm United, really, the only reason Calipari cheaters with Memphis <laughs> players, the, rolling with Memphis players, the only reason you're winning is because your team is blue fans. And nothing going for you. You're hearing the allegations. You know, I love the NBA. I love the NBA. I love the NBA. Losses are coming. There's going to be actors besides every W. You know what's back. You don't care. You sell your soul to the devil for a championship in Kentucky. <laughs> I love it's the NBA. I love the NBA. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there, guys. NBA is good. NBA is good. NBA is good. And the one thing about it, the one thing about it is that the state of Kentucky is 2-0 and going into the night. Don't well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see if you have, the state of Kentucky uh, has more uh, wins than the Big You might have Wake Forest. Well, the East already has three wins, thank you. Uh, Wake Forest oh. might pose a little well, bit. Well, we're on three and eight. Well, I'm never <laughs> might even pose problems, but I, I'll guarantee you one thing for sure, Mike. Wisconsin will pose problems for the Wildcats. It's not going to be pretty when Wisconsin gets a hold well, of you. Kentucky doesn't play Wisconsin. They play Wake Forest. And we, it's one game at a time. The old cliche, one game at a time. Yeah, well. But we don't play well, Wisconsin. Kentucky plays Wake Forest. And that center is ready for the extending. I'm not extending the airwaves one more second to talk about <laughs> that, that, that team that will not be mentioned here, that unnamed team. Uh, Louisville down 11 by my clock at 12.40 to go. No, this is what you got to do. You got to mic. You got to mute Mike Trent every once in a while when he when he goes on these tirades uh, for Kentucky. It's just it's just something. No I can't tirade see. any further. Uh, there he goes again. Look, let's talk, let's talk something serious here. Let's get back. I just can't focus on this game. I'm hoping that these 10 minutes just go by on a commercial break, and then I'll watch my game like I've wanted to do. Booyah! Oh, yeah! Like, Booyah! Oh, yeah! Three! Oh, three! He did a three! Another three! Mute me, please. I can't stand this guy. Uh, that could be a timeout. <laughs> We're listen, just doing uh, they're, 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 they're saying, I got to go there and tie it around. This, this is a mute. Look, look. Mutant Mike, I can't. I, there's only so much I can take, guys. It's really just it's, it's unbearable. I can't have him ruining my game for me. Look, Charlie Whitehurst to Seattle. A lot of people might not think this is a big deal. I'm going to go ahead and talk on it just because I know there's Seattle fans out there. They've got a new coach coming in with Pete Carroll. You want to know if your team is, is, is worth anything now that Pete Carroll's in town. And they signed Charlie Whitehurst, uh, a two-year, $8 million contract. You in this recession, in this economy, you give Charlie Whitehurst $8 million over two years. I don't understand this. I mean, I, I, here's a guy that uh, back in 2000, 
he had a good game. Um, and, and 2005, he put up 11 touchdowns. I mean, what is that? In college, you put up 11 touchdowns at 2,400 yards? I just don't understand. Maybe he's a protege uh, behind Phillip Rivers, and they think a lot of him. Uh, I just don't I don't see hitching your wagon to Charlie Whitehurst as being the answer. Uh, you, you get rid of Seneca Wallace, obviously he wasn't the answer, but maybe maybe Whitehurst is a stopgap because they know if, if Hasselback – I'm sorry, did I say if Hasselback goes down? When Hasselback goes down, they'll want to have somebody there that can pick up the reins. Uh, you've got to think that Seattle with Pete Carroll yeah. is going to be drafting a quarterback. Mike, I'm going to go ahead and let you back on the air, but you got to – you just got to quit with all the, the hysterical no, laughing. No, it's, no, no, it's all good. Commercial's on. But when does Hasselback go down? Uh, the, I mean, the guy, he's a old grizzly veteran, but uh, he still keeps on grinding. So, uh, you know, who's going to back him up? And uh, when does he go down? Because he's he's pretty tough. He's a geriatric in walking, okay? I mean, there's, there's not a lot of hope <laughs> out there for the Seattle faithful. Uh, for one, Matt Hasselback. And Charlie Whitehurst uh, is not going to solve that. Big quarterback, strong arm, but uh, I don't see him as being an answer in, in Seattle, obviously. So we, you're just going to have to see well, I'd like to bring up a, a wide receiver that uh, has been in trade talks, is uh, not trade talks, you know, in, in the NFL, but uh, in dynasty-wise, uh, Massaquai. What what uh, what what's the upside? What's the downside on this guy? Well, I don't know, Mike. If, you, if we're going to talk Massaquai on the show, that the, the show is really degraded. We talked about Massaquai, Whitehurst, uh, Crumpler, Kenny, uh, Mike Bell, Larry Johnson, Derek Anderson. I I don't know. The show has reached an all time new low. Honestly, I, I don't know. If we can get much lower than this. We're here. We're ah, talking about ah. the upside of Muhammad Massaquai. Uh, I don't know what what he's the best target in in. I don't right know. I, only, I don't know. I, we can talk rough rough runs if you want to, or we can talk the. Uh, I don't know. We can talk the team, the you know the forgettables if you want to. I mean that, that that's no problem. We can talk about uh, you know Travis Ford, Darren uh, Fowl House. You know we can keep going. Dun 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 dun. You want to move yet? Three four seven three two four five four zero four. I can't number. believe Somebody you haven't muted me. me. What are you? What is wrong with you, Scott? I'm giving you your moment. Somebody stabbed me in the. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Right. <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of time left here. We got about five minutes left in the show, and uh, oh, you know, I was going to talk about the AFFL today. I was going to talk about the World Championship of Fantasy Football. There's a couple of things going on in the industry that I don't really know everything about. I'm 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 gathering as much information as possible just so you put you know, the high stakes players that are still listening. Uh, I want you to know that I'm doing everything I can to gather as much information as I can to be factual. At this time, here's what we know: the AFFL has been going through problems. We are going to be doing a show on the AFFL Part Two. Uh, you know, we covered the entire story this this off season with the owners of the AFL. Sounds like they're having some more pain issues. Uh, we'll yeah. talk about them in detail when we have the facts. Uh, we're gonna make a we're gonna definitely have a show on it. We're gonna have all the details and all the facts. Big dog for the Cardinals! Come on, baby, play back. So we will have a, a, an exclusive story for the AFL. Now we have a few grumblings about the World Championship of Fantasy Football. 
I'm getting texts, I'm getting emails about uh, some issues with payments with the World Championship of Fantasy Football. What's that about? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I haven't reached out to Justin, uh, uh, Jesse or Dustin as of this point yet. I've just been too busy, but I will be doing that later this week. I'm going to be making a phone call, and I'm going to be talking to these guys about some of these issues that have been reported. Listen, at this point, I'm going to give the World Championship the benefit of the doubt. They have been known to pay a little later than what uh, high-stakes players would like, but, Mike, they've always paid. There's yeah. never been a winner that hasn't been paid, so they're not even in the well, same discussion you know, here. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been reading a lot of message boards, Scott, uh, Scott and uh, – you know the, you know as far as being paid a little late and you know that that stuff happens. I mean that happens. Uh, as far as the AFFL, uh, you know that's that's a totally different story. Uh, they're doing it again, and uh, you know I think uh, I think you did a great interview uh, on Red versus Blue on this show uh, with us and uh, with them, and you know. You were very candid about the whole situation. So, and you know, they come back and they do the whole the whole thing again. So, I, I don't well, know what's happening. We're going to be we're going to be breaking down the story completely once we gather all the facts and talk to all the people. Right. Uh, we're, we're we're definitely gonna we're definitely going to do it the right way uh, with respect to everyone involved. There's winners here that need to get paid. There's an association and an organization that that is hoping to protect their name out of all this. Uh, we're going to make sure and we give each everybody the, the ample voice that they require. And that's what we're about here at Red vs. Blue. We've, we've been a voice in yeah. the world of high-stakes fantasy football since the very beginning. For the last couple of years here, we've been doing these shows. And listen, the high-stakes players need a voice. They have to know where to come and what's going on in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Because, Mike, there's a lot of money at stake. It's a passionate hobby of ours. We take it very seriously. If you play in local leagues at home, you have no idea if you're any good until you step up to the world of high stakes. When you're willing to wow. pony up a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, some of these guys pony up twenty five thousand to play in some of these leagues. You can say all you want that money doesn't make you a good yeah, player. Yeah, I, They're I, willing to put I, their money know, where their mouth is that they are. I, I totally agree, Scott. I know we only got a couple minutes left, and uh, but but that's that's the truth. I until I found out, and I've said it on the show uh, many times. Uh, you know, until you start ponying it up and uh, really do, you, really start doing your homework, your research, uh, then you don't have you, you don't have anything to uh, you don't have a stool to stand on. I mean, uh, cut dry and simple. So uh, you know, but uh, like you said, let's get the facts. Let's get them. Let's get them right. And uh, red versus blue will always. Uh, you know, we're, we're just going to give everybody the right information. Uh, once we know the correct information, uh, drama, we don't need it. We don't need it. Just just get it right. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the breakdown on Ryan Matthews. We'll be doing more of those in the season as the season progresses here in the off season. Uh, with all you guys playing Dynasty League, you want to know who you're going to take. No cause, man. And uh, there's a lot of information out there on the web, so take advantage of it. Come listen to the show. We're happy to help. Red versus Blue, we'll see you next week. Mike, I've got a feeling – they're not out of this game. I just got a feeling, and, and what a way to end the show, Mike. They just ran the three. I've got a feeling. I'm feeling inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.